The Bread and Butter podcast acknowledges the Yagara people and the Turbal people as the traditional custodians of Mainjin, the lands on which we record today. We pay our respects to the Yagara and Turbal elders, past, present, and emerging. This podcast is brought to you by Hey Al Productions. Did I say good? Just to get you into it one more time. Maybe just in case. Okay. Go. Bread and Better Podcast. Okay. Bread and Better Podcast. I feel like I am. Bread and Better Podcast. Welcome back to the Bread and Better podcast, where our motto is better begins with us. We love to talk all things women's holistic health and the impact that we are having on the next generation. I am Alex, one half of the Bread and Better team, the owner of Hey Our Productions, a freelance feature writer and the mum of three beautiful kids. And I am Tegan, owner of the online coaching business Fitty Teagues. In my business, I educate women on how to reach their body composition goals whilst healing their relationship with their movement, food and bodies. I know that today's guest is very aligned with my mission and we welcome Sonny Tarrant to the podcast. Sonny has her own online coaching business, helping women navigate motherhood through movement, mindset and self-care. I connected with Sonny through a group business coaching container and I have loved her energy. We are so excited to welcome her to the podcast to talk to us about training, considerations postpartum and what self-care looks like as a mum. Welcome to the podcast, Sonny. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. (laughs) So we always kick off the podcast with a bit of food positivity and we talk about the best thing that we ate in the last week. So we'll let you go first, Sonny. Mm, So I had to think pretty deep about this one (laughs) because I like to eat chocolate a lot, but so it can't be chocolate. So I had to pick something that was like, you know, a little bit different. So my brother was coming over for dinner and I was like, yum, let's get some steak. I'll get go to the butcher, get like some really good quality, like grass fed steak. And I didn't look at the price and it ended up like being (laughs) the most expensive steak sandwich. (laughs) I've done that too. And then you try not to act too shocked. It's like, it would be more, it would be cheaper to buy steak at a restaurant. Yeah. 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 I got this. Um, <laughs> anyways, they're the most delicious steak sandwiches. Yeah. Um, yeah. A uh, happy mistake. <laughs> yeah. I love a steak sandwich. So good. What was yours? Mine is steak related as well. Ooh. I made some steak tacos on a whim this Yum. week and oh, I'm actually going to recreate the recipe for Instagram because it was a steak tacos and I made a salsa with like mango, tomato, onion, coriander put a little bit of goat's cheese on the bottom and then it had chipotle on the top and it mm. was so, so good. Because you delicious. were a chef, right? Is that why? Yes. This is why you're so good at all the meals and stuff. Everything yeah. everything you do, I'm like, what? How do you come up with that? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I was a PT, I was a chef. So wow. it does help with Yummy. the food creation. Some people say like, where do you get these recipes from? And I'm like, I just get them out of my head. And they're like, how? Was it a hard or a soft shell? Soft. Yeah. Okay. And I like toasted it before I put them together. Yum. I was very happy with myself and I just whipped it together like it wasn't content. And I was like, should have been content. Should have been content. You Please. just had a mango Everything salsa. is content. In yeah. the fridge. <laughs> Send it to me because yeah. Kevin, the kids would love that. So the best thing that I ate was my friend brought over a hummus with jalapeno. <laughs> jalapeno. Jalapeno. <laughs> jalapeno. <laughs> I say, so in the house we say jalapeno because... <laughs> 
Kev just like heard it one time and thought it was really funny. So we say jalapeno and then poor Oscar is like, can I have jalapenos? And we're like, it's jalapenos. I thought you were serious. Like, that's what it was. And I was like, oh. No. My husband calls them scones, like scones. Oh, He's like, he'll yes, go to oh, a restaurant scone. and be like, can we get some scones? <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Um, but yeah, so she had, she brought over like hummus with a jalapeno, like oil on it. Ooh. And it was so yummy. And we just had this like big platter with hot cross buns and it was just very random. We didn't dip the hot cross buns in the hummus, but like. I was wondering about that. (laughs) But yeah, it was delicious. All right. So firstly, Sonny, tell us a little bit about you. Let's hear about your family and your career and what led you to be so passionate about what you do. Yeah. So I am a mum of two beautiful boys. I've got one. He started prep this year. He's five. And then I have a almost three-year-old. Um, so yeah, they keep me busy. But what you might not know is when I left school, I became a beauty therapist. So I was a beauty therapist for about six years before I transitioned into personal training. And it took me a long time to kind of put two and two together and be like, why do I love both of these areas? And I realized they both kind of fit under the, you know, self-care and self-respect banner in a way. So yeah, beauty therapy led me into personal training. I loved understanding how the body worked. And then when I fell pregnant with my boys, I actually started studying pre and postnatal certification along my pregnancy. So every week I'd like follow, be like, oh, that's interesting. And ah, I'd kind of apply so the cool. techniques to myself yeah. as I was pregnant. Um, and then postpartum as well. Well, I finished it before I had babies, but then obviously applied it. But postpartum was really, really tough for me. I was unexpectedly tough with like my birth injuries and, you know, you get these baby blues, like a big drop of hormones. And it was very unexpected for me. I was feeling very isolated. Like we moved to the Gold Coast when I was pregnant. So I didn't have like the connection and the friendship groups that I once had in Brisbane. So I was feeling very isolated and it kind of helped me to kind of dig down and focus on myself and do those self-care practices and get my body moving again to kind of bring myself out of, I guess, the slump that you can get in when you have a new baby and you're not sleeping very much. So So after I kind of got myself out, I was like, well, if me, who's like, I'm quite well-rounded, I'm healthy, you know, if I went through this, I can't imagine how many other mums are going through this kind of stuff. So yeah, I really just came from a place of wanting to help other mums, which is why I created my program. Yeah. Yeah. So from what you've just said, I wish I knew you after I had (laughs) my babies, particularly my first one, because I felt very lost and isolated as well. I was the first one out of my friends to have Mm. babies. So I felt completely unexpected. And one of the things that made me feel better was just walking every day to my local cafe. Getting outside, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I was so sleep deprived and yeah, it just would have been so nice to have someone like you to support that experience. So with my first two, I had a natural birth. So how long after a natural birth is it recommended that women wait before going back to exercise? So natural birth, it's so diverse, right? Like you can have a natural birth and like just be a birthing goddess, right? Baby slips out. Oh, I can walk the next day. Yeah. That would be like goals. (laughs) That was me the first time. Was it? Yeah. I had three really different experiences in the first time. As soon as he came out, I felt like a new person. Yeah just like not being pregnant anymore, (laughs) which is like an unusual experience. I understand after having my other two as well. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely. So you can, you can literally, you're either a birthing goddess or shit happens. And a lot of the time 
shit does happen. Mm -hmm. And look, doctors recommend minimum six weeks. I always say within that six weeks, it's nice to kind of mobilize, like you're breastfeeding, you're hunched over a lot. It's nice to like do some nice stretching for yourself. But obviously I, I just recommend staying as horizontal as possible for the first six weeks. Let everyone you know, wait on you, which yeah. would be nice if that was reality. But pretty much once your bleeding has stopped, I always say that's kind of a good indicator of whether you're ready to go back. Yeah. But yeah, obviously you've got to get your doctor's approval, which I don't think the doctors, I don't know what happened with your six week checkup, but mine was like, oh, you're feeling good. Great. That you was can, mine. Right. Yeah. It's a very like not in depth at all. No. I wish that we had women's health physios after six weeks to come and be like, all right, let me do an examination, like yeah. internal examination to see if you can even load extra weight on your body to return to exercise even like walking when I did my first 10 minute walk after having my first I was in so much pain like I came back and I was like I think I did something wrong I need to lay down straight away it was like so painful yeah Um, and you think 10 minute walk you know Mm. I've been healthy I've been a coach eight years I should be fine but in my studies of pre and postpartum they did say like the gold standard would be to see a women's health physio and get an internal exam because even with the different levels of prolapse, right, people don't even know that they might have yeah. an injury. Yeah. And the doc, like you said, the doctor would just go, oh, off you go. You're yeah, feeling they're not, they're not good. Gonna. They probably also don't have the time to go into yeah. that in depth. What would your advice be with working out after a cesarean? Like how long should yeah. you wait? Yeah, so it, it does depend. Like I always say, it depends if it's a planned C-section or an emergency C-section. So I had a planned C-section and I can tell you it was like the most beautiful, calm experience compared yeah. to my first labor was like so intense. I tore everything, like oh. completely effed myself up in natural labor. Yeah. Whereas my C-section, I loved it. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> um, and my recovery was so much better yeah. than my first. So I think it's very dependent on you and if it was emergency or not. Yeah, we soul my third baby I was being induced everything was going to plan until he stuck his arm out mm. yes oh and then I had to go into an emergency c-section which was just so you had started labor so I was being induced I had been it was like seven hours everything was looking good I'd already had the epidural it was already like dilated and on track everything was going really well until mm-hmm. he stuck his hand out mm-hmm. and so then get yeah, rushed into an emergency c-section and it was horrible and I just like the whole really? ex- yeah it was really like just like very scary because like mm-hmm. all the alarms go off and all these doctors rush in and because his heart rate dropped heat okay so, yeah, and then I came out of it and I was so drugged up, which I wasn't used to because of the two previous, and then I had a reaction to the morphine. Anyway, it was just all awful. And then I feel like recovering from that was so different. I was in so much pain. Yeah, so obviously it depends whether it's an emergency or a planned C-section. One's a bit more gentle. And obviously how healed you are. So with a C-section, you're told not to lift anything heavier than your baby for six weeks, which yeah. very hard to do, right? Like yeah. There's laundry baskets and there's... Especially if it's your second. Yeah, like yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right. So I think, again... It, it just it just depends on how you feel like obviously you want to be stop your bleeding you want to make sure your scar is mostly healed because any kind of pressure think about like exercising if you're like holding your breath or like bearing down if there's a weak area in your core that pressure is gonna like push against it right and it could like bust all those internal you know you've got layers upon layers of stitches so yeah 
you want to make sure that you're feeling really good and monitor yourself. Like if you, I know friends that have exercised too early after a C-section and their scars are swollen and they've got a lot of swelling in that area because they went back too early. So I think it's just monitoring and obviously getting that clearance first. Are there any major exercises that should be avoided postpartum? Definitely. There's definitely like some that I have at my top of my list, but basically we've got to imagine like we've been given this beautiful blank slate. You don't want to think about, okay, well, before I was pregnant, I could squat hundred kilos. Like, no, 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 scrub that off. Yeah. You have this beautiful blank slate that you can build from. Start focusing on like your foundations, like getting that perfect form, lifting that weight in the most perfect position, like control the load, all that kind of stuff and support us with our next chapter right so build that foundational strength from the ground up so I need to kind of explain why we don't want to do certain exercises and then I'll tell you which exercises we should avoid so what we need to think about is our core right so you know the picture of our core it's like the six-pack abs but we also have layers underneath that and basically all of those layers of through pregnancy are fully like stretched and separated right they're all like think of an elastic band that's been like stretched for nine months and then Imagine like there's a balloon popped inside of you, like this big balloon popped and this elastic band's like, you know, like, like comes back in. So we can't just kind of start whatever we want to do because this elastic band, there's no support, right? So our abs have literally been completely stretched and separated and abs can control our internal pressure, which can affect lots of different things. I'm kind of thinking of it like when we have like our intra abdominal pressure, like so when for someone that's lifting, that's not pregnant, when we're doing a deadlift or a squat, we do a big breath hold and then we hold the pressure with Mm. our abs. Mm. Is that right? Yes. So when we approach pregnancy and postpartum, it's completely different. Yeah. Because the pressure, we can't control that pressure anymore, right? This is what I really wanted to pick your brains about because this is what wasn't touched on in the course that I did. Like they kind of explained like you don't want to be doing breath holds Mm. while you're pregnant and then afterwards. But I didn't really get the the details as to why. And that already makes perfect sense that you've got that rubber band and you've got nothing to hold it, right? So if we're thinking about powerlifting or conventional lifting, like if you've got a belt on, that's something to push the pressure against in Mm. reinforcement of your abs. Mm. But when you have had the baby, you don't have that belt, you don't have the abs, there's nothing there to hold the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like completely against the belt postpartum absolutely because it's faking abs right and you don't have those abs there to support that makes heaps of sense to me yeah yeah so that balloon in our stomach that's been blown up over nine months right we pop it that elastic band that's normally there to support and support our pelvic floor support our spine because our abs wrap around to our spine right nothing's supported postpartum so we don't have that correct like pressure management our pelvic floor again think of it it's been stretched downwards like a big elephant on a trampoline okay again once the baby comes out that trampoline is still really stretched as well so imagine then with a really like overstretched trampoline pelvic floor you're trying to do high impact you're trying to run and that that pelvic floor is trying to hold a bladder in you know like yeah. a bladder with a wee like of course you're gonna pee your pants because <laughs> yeah, everything's it's floppy. like not it's not strong enough <laughs> yeah. yet so Exercises I definitely say to avoid, especially in the first, I love to be like first three months, but everyone's different. Like yeah. Some people will bounce back a lot quicker than that. But like high impact exercises, really wide stance exercises, because again, that trampoline, if it's, you know, wide stance, there's a lot more like it's harder to stabilize and control that bladder, right? Yeah. Yeah, Breath holding and obviously running, which is a high impact exercise. So you want to be able to like jump, you know, those skater hops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
jump, skater hop, and like hop single leg without leaking before you get into those higher impact exercises. You want to just slowly build up. It's so funny. And like you were saying, it's really personalized. I remember when I was working at F45 and there would be like a lot of mums that took the class and just all different hopping exercises. Everybody would have different things that they couldn't, <laughs> yeah. couldn't do. It is really personalized. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's right. But wide, yeah, that was definitely a big one. Like the mums would just be like, nope. It's <laughs> funny though, because when you're pregnant, wide exercises are your go-to because you need to get your belly yep. like, in there. Yeah. But then once postpartum, you're like, oh no, I can't do that. I can't now. do that. <laughs> I'm going to whip my pants. Wide yeah. is out for me now. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit more about the considerations with pelvic floor? You just touched on it and return to exercise and what we can do to assist this. All right. Well, as I kind of just touched on a little bit, but basically I like to include our pelvic floor as part of our core strength. Okay. So you imagine our core is like a Coke bottle. So the core is like the main part of the Coke bottle, right? It wraps around from our spine all the way into our belly button. Our diaphragm, which is at the bottom of our lungs, like that helps us breathe. That's the top of our core. And then the bottom of our core is our pelvic floor. And they are literally controlled and managed like the pressure through our breath. So now your postpartum, right? Imagine you might've had maybe some tearing postpartum or you, you know, your pelvic floor is just really weak. And we can apply that to our Coke can is that there's a tiny little puncture at the bottom of this Coke can, right? Where our pelvic floor is. So let's say we start back walking, running and lifting straight away. We're like, oh, I feel great. Like, let's just do it. I'm good. Like I'm so motivated. And then, all right, we're doing these things, but we're not breathing properly. Maybe we're holding our breath or we're bearing down. And imagine that pressure inside the Coke can, like as you bear down, you're like, Ugh. bearing down, I would say like, it's like trying to do a poo <laughs> you know? or someone comes to punch you in the stomach and you're like, yeah. oh, mm, yeah, yeah. okay, that's like bearing down. And if there's all this pressure in this Coke can and you're pushing it down and there's this little puncture at the bottom, where do you think that pressure is going to go? Yeah. yeah. It's going to go out that hole. I can relate that to like for men, it's like hernias, like yeah. same thing. That's a weak spot for them. They might have like a weakness in their core. And again, they're not managing their pressure adequately and that pressure punctures out through that weak spot yeah yeah right yeah so that is why I'm so big on breath because we literally can improve and re-strengthen so much postpartum just through the right breath and pressure management yeah that makes so much sense yeah. yeah, this is right. what I really wanted to pick That's your brain on because yeah. I've heard you talk about it and I don't think, like, it's covered enough in the pregnancy, yeah. like, PT courses. Yeah. I think that that's also like, you know, you always hear doctors say, you know, improve your pelvic core and just do your pelvic, do your pelvic kegels, kegels, do your kegels. But it's so hard if you've never done kegels before. Like, Mm. what am I squeezing? Am I squeezing the right thing? But that analogy of it's at the bottom of everything. I feel like that if you even like I'm doing them now. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like that makes more sense to me that like, that's where you're trying to hold in that pressure. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. So the pelvic floor is like actually not just one muscle, it's a group of muscles. Right. And then there's all these muscles around our holes, right? Like they kind of support our, all of our holes and then hold everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. when you, they say you do a Kegel or a pelvic floor lift, you want to like not only stop the flow of wee, but stop like a fart coming out yeah and then draw it up like an elevator up through you yeah yeah and then we can work with that into our breath so we're going to do a little cough test first to see what your pelvic floor does with your pressure management so once you guys just first of all just think about your pelvic floor and then just give me a fake cough i'd love to imagine your pelvic floor floor compared to mine (laughs) i don't actually think mine's very good Ah. because i've done a lot of heavy lifting i feel like a lot of us heavy lifters which was my problem 
we actually have overactive, like it's too right. strong. And so that is why mine snapped during birth. I've lost half my pelvic floor because I was too strong, didn't know how to relax my pelvic floor and it fully just snapped in half. Oh, wow. Because I was just like pushing and my pelvic floor was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Snapped it. <laughs> I feel like if I have to do, and I don't, I don't train like this anymore at all. So it's a non-issue in my life. But if I have to do like short, fast hops, I've got 30 seconds and then I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to wee. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so how let's, do do a, let's do a call. All right. And tell me if your pelvic floor goes down or up when you cough. <coughs> down. <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, now think about um, blowing your nose. Up. Is it going down or up? up? Down. Definitely down. What about yeah. blowing up a balloon? <sighs> down. I don't know. Man. It's kind of just feels like it's staying there. Okay. <sighs> Definitely down. All of these things. Okay. Maybe down, I guess. (laughs) So it should go up. With all of of our breath outs, like all of our breath outs, it should lift because I'll tell you why. Mine feels like it just goes tighter. Okay. No, I definitely push down. Yeah, bear down. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. No, it's all good we're doing this today because now you can correct that. So think about our diaphragm. And our pelvic floor, right? One stacked on top of the other like that Coke can, right? As we breathe in, naturally, breathe in, that pelvic floor goes down, diaphragm descends down to fill up our lungs, right? And naturally, our pelvic floor will go down. As we breathe out, our diaphragm descends up and naturally, our pelvic floor should lift up. So because you are breathing out, blowing a balloon, yours is doing the opposite of what it should be doing, right? Yeah. So as we breathe out, our pelvic floor actually... We shouldn't have to think about it, right? But it should lift up. But quite often through just like bad habits, it does the opposite, right? Yeah, Yeah, okay. I suspected this. So, yeah, breathing in, relax the pelvic floor. Breathing out, engage the pelvic floor. This is I teach this before you do your training. It's called a connection breath where you connect with your pelvic floor. You just lay down and do like 10 breaths where you like breathe in and you relax your pelvic floor and then you breathe out and you like lift your pelvic floor. So you get that connection, that muscle to mind connection on your pelvic floor. I'm just imagining all I the need- breathing noises that's going to be in this because I'm just doing it. <laughs> I need to do that. Should I do that as part of my warm-up? Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm going to practice. I'm going to do this tomorrow. <laughs> I suspected that I had pelvic floor issues. I'm not shocked. <laughs> but I didn't look into it because I'm so lazy. Yeah, well, well, no, you, I'm, not, when I'm, I'm not a lazy person, like, but it just, like, hasn't no, affected my life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's not something that, like, you would really think about. We don't think really about think about until we're pregnant yes. or until it's a problem. Then we're yeah. like, oh, okay, what's going on? Mm. Yeah. So what are some of the benefits of training postpartum that people might not know about? Yeah, well, so many. And although, like, we're a little bit compromised postpartum and, you know, we need to adapt That's such a things. nice way to put it. it we're a little bit compromised. compromised. So <laughs> yeah, but we are. Like, you know, we have this perfect foundation to start from scratch. It doesn't mean that we can't feel strong and good in our bodies, you yeah. know. Like, we are vulnerable, but we're not broken. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, that's why I really liked it because I think, like, a lot of women would use this quite negative terminology around mm. the way that their bodies are postpartum and I think that compromised is just such a beautiful way to and put it. And what you've just said about not being broken. Not being broken. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was broken, broken for a long time. Like yeah. I was bawling my physio friends, like bowling my eyes out because strength training was like my thing and I was told by an obgyne that I'd never be able to lift heavy again and all these things I thought I could never do again. I thought I was broken. But a lot yeah. to take on as well when you're dealing with, especially for a lot of women and it's loss of identity, That's right? Yeah, like that, loss of that, identity, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then obviously I've lost I'm, – I'm a mum now, so I'm a brand-new person, but also I can't do the things that I love to that do, makes which you is you, lifting yeah. weights. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was big, but I was determined to uh, 
do it the right way. Yeah. And yeah. see yeah. if I can. And I don't like lift crazy heavy like I used to, which yeah. I'm quite happy not doing actually. <laughs> um, I love just lifting a heavy-ish weight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Still feel good about yourself. And also, yeah, all of that led to all the amazing things you're doing now. So. Yeah, exactly. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. And I decided to pivot and be like, how can I turn this into something really yeah, good? Yeah, I love, love that. that. But we did get off track. So one of the benefits, which I love <laughs> we the tend most, to do that. <laughs> is the endorphins. So obviously postpartum, we have so much broken sleep, right? Um, everything's focused on the baby and nothing is really focused on the mum and how she's going. So exercise is something you can kind of like do for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it releases those really feel good hormones to just make you a better mother as well, a better partner, you know, yeah. all of those things. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about that with my clients all the time. And one of my friends said like making yourself a priority as a mum is not saying me first, it's saying me too. Yes. Yeah. And how that allows you to show up as a better mother, mm. as a better parent, as yeah. a better friend, yeah. like that time for you. It's not selfish. No. no. Yeah, not at all. I use that analogy of you're on a plane, right? And they say when the oxygen mask drops yeah. down, you have yeah. to put the oxygen mask on you before you put it on your kids. And I think it's the same thing. Like you need to choose you so that you can choose your kids. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's so I true. Love that. yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's so great. So you did an awesome post last year about honoring our cycle and its peaks and lows and training accordingly to optimize performance and improve recovery. Is this something that can be applied to that postpartum period while hormones are adjusting? That's a really good question. I think it's it's a tricky one because obviously it's everyone's hormones are all over the place, especially if we're breastfeeding. I just think we just, I guess, honor how you feel. You just check in with yourself every day, train if you want to, walk if you want to. And, and the whole point I think is just if we can't have those nice balanced hormones postpartum because they're all over the place we can at least try to bring in those happy hormones through those endorphins and and moving our bodies or doing little self-care things as well yeah especially one thing i always tell people is that breastfeeding can burn up to or more than a, a 500 calories a day which is crazy right so making sure that not only if we're exercising that we're fueling ourselves so we have that energy after the workout that we can give back to our kids as well yeah that's so true and I think that broken sleep because of breastfeeding like that's not something that I mean I feel like I've just breastfed for the last 10 years of my bloody <laughs> yeah. life but it's not something that I think about enough like especially now that I'm working out like the other day when I asked you about that drink that you drink like to give me more energy before the gym I just felt like I had no energy and I'd eaten and I was like, what am I doing? And then I had just like the worst workout. I had no energy. And now it's just clicked in my head. Now that you've said that, it's because Sol fed from 4 a.m. until 8 a.m. And you probably were dehydrated too. Like yes. that plays a massive yes. factor into like yeah. sluggishness. Yeah, I just yeah. felt like crap, no sleep. Obviously still hadn't consumed enough water and nutrients yeah. to counterbalance that and that affected that. Yeah, that's such an important consideration with clients that I work with that are breastfeeding because especially for those that are keen to and motivated to get in and lose a baby weight. Mm. They think, you know, well, I want to be on 1500 calories and I'm going to and I'm like, no, you need to be that 500. Like they're on over 2000, 2200 calories yeah. so yeah. that they can make sure that their milk supply is not affected. They make sure that they have energy to turn up as a mom, but then they're still dropping weight like crazy because they're in such a crazy calorie deficit from the feeding, mm. which I think a lot of people don't realize especially with their first yes yeah. how I much had, food that you actually you need yeah I had no idea like with my first and I was feeding all the time and I had read that book 
save our sleep. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it ruined my (gasps) life. I can't even tell you. And I was so obsessed with it that I was pumping after every feed like it told me to. I had a freezer full of milk. I was so underweight. And after six weeks of me, like, crying and be like, I'm doing everything wrong, Kev was like, throw that book in the fucking bin. (laughs) Like, get rid of it. I've heard, like, that book needs to go in the trash. It needs to go in the bin. So, can you exercise if you have a prolapse? Yes, yes, definitely. I have a prolapse. I don't even know what a prolapse is, probably. My doctor just told me I had one. The percentage is really high, and Mm, a lot of people don't even realize that they have one. I didn't. One in three have a prolapse. Yeah, and there's all these different grades as well. She said it wasn't that bad, but like I went in for my pap smear, and I think she was doing an internal examination, and she said that I had a prolapse. Yeah, lots of women find out during a pap smear they have a prolapse because you don't. Sometimes you don't feel it. I have a grade one uterine prolapse, which just means like my bladder falls in a little bit. But like prolapse is like dependent on the grade. Some grades don't actually sit outside the body. They kind of just it's just like a lax, like a little bit like lax. And then the larger they are, like the more they can kind of protrude outside the body. Yeah. But, um, yeah, absolutely, you can exercise with a prolapse. It's just managing your symptoms. But the hard thing is if you're not symptomatic like you, you might not know if you're making it worse or better. But that's just when your breathing comes into play and, like, you can actually improve. You can improve your prolapse to some degree. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously, if you have a prolapse, I always recommend working with your women's health physio because they can, like, actually test what exercises you do that make you bear down more and then you can kind of avoid those exercises i've heard of women who their prolapse symptoms improve after running and after lifting heavy whereas for some women it's the complete opposite they feel worse and heavier after doing those exercises yeah so absolutely you can i think with a prolapse you obviously don't want to make it worse and that's when you do want to see women's health physio to have that assessment yeah definitely yeah Okay, let's talk about self-care as a mum. We would love to hear your thoughts on this. So obviously it's something you're very passionate about. What does self-care mean to you? So self-care is as simple as taking a snippet of time to focus on yourself. Do something that lights you up or brings you joy, makes you feel good inside, right? So it doesn't need to be a 90-minute massage or, you know, a day spa thing it Mm. can literally be as simple as like a commitment to doing a nightly skincare routine exfoliating once a week or sitting in silence in the morning with your coffee like (laughs) put the kids on the tv you know just take like (laughs) five minutes to yourself painting your turnouts yeah that's what I like to do yeah (laughs) I love that what is your biggest tip for women to help feel better about themselves as a new mum I think it's the small things like that we do every day that have that compounding effect with our overall energy. It's just little things. That's my biggest tip. But little things I'll go into like hydration, obviously, like staying hydrated is so good for that sluggishness for our energy and just feeling like we just don't don't want to just sit on the couch all day. Like it's honestly, I think hydration is massive, especially as a new mom, like if we're breastfeeding, it's like for our energy. Um, sunlight, being barefoot, like go outside, get some sun on your skin. I know they say it's like cancerous, but I do. I think everything in moderation. Yeah, I'm um, a big advocate yeah. for a bit of sun. Yeah, it's so good for you. It yeah. makes yeah. you feel better. Your mood. Yeah. You're not saying like, go out there and get tanned. You're I'm not saying, saying go out at 12 o'clock and sun. like lay yeah. in the sun. I'm saying like sit at feet in the grass yeah. Um, yeah. or go Beautiful. sit on the beach. You know, I don't know, just uh, get a little bit of sunlight oh, every yeah. day. One thing for me which was massive in the early stages was getting dressed every day. Like, honestly, yeah. you could sit in your PJs all day if you wanted to, but to feel good about yourself and to, like, have a productive day, honestly, getting dressed is massive. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. You look good, you feel good. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfollowing toxic accounts. Yes. Um, you know, those mums that make out everything's perfect, mm-hmm. unfollow them. Yes. I think that that's just good life advice. Oh, like if there is anyone advice. on social media that's making you feel shitty about yourself or you're comparing yourself to them. Yeah. Uh, let them go. And I want to talk about it in, we're going to do a body confidence app too, but I'm sure Sonny that you can relate living on the Gold Coast. It's like when you see these influences that you're comparing yourself to in real life, you're going to realize that they don't look like what they look like in their photos. So many (laughs) can like face tune their bodies, honestly. Oh, it's so many. Yeah. So after I had soul, there was this mum who like, she's the same age as me kind of used to live in the same area and she's got six kids now and she's like blown up on Instagram but she had a baby like I don't know a few weeks before I had Sol and she's just like did this like day in life video and she's like I wake up and I read all the kids a book and then I make us all our acai bowls and then we all go for a walk and then we all go for a swim and then I clean my house yeah she's like and then I clean my house while they're all sleeping and then my husband comes home and we all read again and I was like he probably brings (laughs) flowers every day she's like and then I cook us a dinner and I put the kids to bed and we have alone time and we talk about our days I'm like what that's really like her once a month thing right that was so fast still so far from my life and I remember sitting there being like (laughs) yeah yeah unfollow yeah unfollow unfollow (laughs) I could not spend another second looking at her life Yeah, and obviously just movement, obviously get those endorphins going. But, yeah, yeah, it's just the little things. Like pick little things that make you, that you enjoy and do little things every day. It yeah. doesn't have yeah. to be a big thing. That's really, really good advice. It is really good the advice. The hydration, the thirst you feel when mm. you're breastfeeding, it's not like anything you've ever experienced. It's so weird. Like the first time it happened, someone had told me about it, and then the first time I was feeding Oscar, I was like, get me some water. <laughs> and then every time I had to feed him, I had like Kev would be like, I'm getting your water, I'm getting your water. It's intense. Do you have any self-care hacks that you can share with us? Everybody loves a hack these days. Mm. <laughs> I kind of touched on it with like just doing the little things. Like I don't think I have like a super crazy hack. Like one thing I do, I take organic beef liver capsules. Okay. Um, that's supposed <gasps> to be like the beef liver is like the most nutrient dense food there is and for your blood it's really good for your blood yeah can yes. i give you a hack yeah it's, what's your hack yeah one of my friends said this to me she had kids a bit older than me so when i when my kids are being a lot like too much i turn the aircon on first obviously <laughs> but i put them in their car like in their car seats and i just take like a really long time to walk back to the, do you do that like to walk back to the driver's seat like i try to like strap them in and then just like that walk behind the boot back to the front of the car i'm like it's a little second by yourself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I just shut the door because you know they're safe because the air cons on, the, you know, they're in the car, they're, they're strapped in, they can't go anywhere, nothing can happen. So you just walk really slowly and <laughs> come and get yourself together. I do it all the time. Love that. <laughs> so Tegan's got a new segment for us this week and Sonny is going to join us for it. So Sonny, what is your favourite form of self-care? For me, it's something that was really, I had to practice it a lot for it to like feel natural and not weird to do. It was practicing gratitude. Even just like for me in the mornings, I will go and sit outside with my coffee and I try not to be on my phone at all. And I just try to say like one to three things that I'm grateful for, whether it's like sometimes I'm like grateful for my coffee, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm grateful for like the opportunities that I'm giving, you know, yeah. or my house or just whatever. And I feel like 
sets a really nice tone to your day. And even if my husband is in a bad mood, I'm like, what are you grateful for? Because apparently you can't be angry or fearful if you have Different gratitude. vibrations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes away one negative emotion if you can speak about gratitude. Yeah, hmm. interesting. Love that. That's I mine know, too. I can feel the energy coming off you. Oh, that I can feel the excitement building as she's saying it. I Gratitude do, I is life-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. So, yeah, I do a daily gratitude practice with two of my girlfriends. We text each other and we do, like, what went well in the last 24 hours. Oh, that's so nice. And sometimes it'll be, like, a list this long and sometimes you'll be fucking scrambling. <laughs> like, you'll be like, I am glad that my pillow is soft. <laughs> but, yes. you do, but you do, like, it pulls you out of that energy. Like you said, mm. you can't be in the same frequency of anger or yeah, all the all those negative low vibes yeah. if you're in this energy of gratitude. Yeah. I wanna make that mine because that's obviously my favorite. But I was gonna say like for me, self-care is about looking after yourself. It's about like your movement and your nutrition and looking after yourself as a whole. That's the best form of self-care. Mm. But if I wanted to pick like a little tiny thing that I love, it's going for a swim at sunrise. I knew that was going to be yours. Oh, I was going to yours like a little swim. Yeah, love that. Lights me up. And for some reason, like I don't know why, but this makes my heart so happy if I'm swimming and it's sunrise and a plane flies over. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I was driving here and I was like, saw the plane. I'm like, oh, that makes me so happy. I don't know why. Like, yeah. it was so low to the ground. I was like, oh, that's cool. Can I tell you what I said to Kevin on the car? Sorry, this is so different. But there was planes flying over me on the way here. And oh, I was like, about Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is going to be me on Saturday morning. I'm going to be on a plane to Taylor Swift. So oh, Alex just got tickets to course. Taylor Swift at the last Two minute. days ago. How much did you pay? $60. 70 65 what? Yes. Yeah. Why so cheap? Is that cheap? It's like an extra. It's very cheap. It's an extra. I don't know if they're even going to be in the stadium. (laughs) No, we are. We're on the side. (laughs) Just there for the vibes. We're on the side, so we can see. Anyway, we'll 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 discuss this in the next episode. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um. Sorry. What was yours? Mine. Getting Taylor Swift tickets at the last. Oh my god! I can't even. I can't talk about it because I'm trying to relax my body because I'm making myself nauseous. I'm a little bit upset that Fraz can't go for a surf with me on Saturday. (laughs) Sorry, we'll be driving past at 3:30 a.m. on the way to our plane. But mine is definitely. Oh yeah, coffee. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) But mine at the moment is just doing. Like I feel like when we did that first episode with self care with. Ash and I was like, I'm really bad at this. But now, like that I've been working out more, mine is definitely I've been I went to the I've been to the gym twice by myself. I'm, I'm so the, proud of you. For the first time since I was nineteen. So I've been Do you going, normally have a workout body? Well Alex is like new I've just started working out exercise. Yeah, I've been okay. really sick for like a really long time okay. and I'm just feeling better. Right. So I've just started really new. New again. New again. I mm-hmm. used to be fit, got sick, blah blah blah. It is relative. Yeah. So now, yeah, I've been going with my friend, but then, yeah, have been going by myself. So all of it, all the things I'm doing, I go for a walk with Fraz on Thursdays, I swim with my mum, go to the gym with my friend Maria, and just all of it makes me really happy. So your movement routine. Yes, movement routine. Go absolutely And the coffee associated with all of it. (laughs) Pre-workout coffee. 
So thank you so much for joining us today, Sonny. It was such a pleasure to reconnect and learn from you today. We have so many mums or women that will be mums in the future and I'm sure that they will have gotten so much from today's episode. And I know that I've gotten heaps and it's going to help me coach the mums that I coach too. So thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, obviously I've gotten so much out of it. As I I just wish I knew it a little bit earlier, but it's never too late. And Sol is only two, so I still consider myself postpartum. Are you still breastfeeding? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so you still postpartum. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop. Yeah, like I feel like once you stop breastfeeding, your hormones will change again. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to follow us on the Apple Podcasts and or on Spotify so that you don't miss a moment of bread and butter. And before you forget, Sonny, how can our listeners find you? So probably the best way is go to my main account on Instagram at Sonny J. So S-O-N-I-J-A-Y. And I have my mama business called Move Mama on there as well, which you can click and find me. Nice. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. And obviously we'll tag you on Instagram so people can find you. Yay. Thank you. That was fantastic. Thank Thank you. Bye, guys.